بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد As we move on in our series on the book of wisdoms Ibn Ata'illah's Hikam Rahimahullah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the author Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari Today we are on aphorism number 147 which is on page 198. He says, So again, it's a bit of a high level one. Anybody who, this, this will resonate uh, with those who want to be close to Allah and want some kind of evidence that they are close to Allah. Those who feel that they've made an achievement as being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not lovers of the world or not lovers of fame and gain, not lovers of material objects. Meaning they, they could have these things but they don't love these things. When can a person consider himself to, have set, to, to, to think that yes, I'm there now? I'm not sure even if a person would think that way, but this is a good test. So what he says is that if when given something, the giving expands you, and if when deprived of something, the deprivation contracts you, then take that, then take that as the proof of your immaturity and the insincerity of your servanthood. So, when we're given something and mashallah we're getting either gifts or we're getting fame or we're getting praises or things are just happening well in our life and that helps to expand us. Now of course you feel happy when things happen. This is talking about you feel as if spiritually you're in a better place. But then when you get deprived of something, this is the true test, when you get deprived it contracts you creates a contraction that am I not liked by Allah? Am I hated by Allah? This is a very constant feeling. A lot of people actually have this feeling that when things don't go well for them, that it's when they start, well, Allah doesn't like me or something like that. And when everything is going well, they think Allah likes them. There's a deception in both. There could be a deception in both. So then what he says, really interesting, I mean the English doesn't do justice to the Arabic. It says, like, Take an evidence, take that as a proof of your immaturity. He translates tufulia. This is Victor Dana's translation of tufulia as immaturity. I mean, consequentially, it is immaturity. But I'll explain what the exact word tufulia means. It's a really interesting idea that came from an incident. Right? And the insincerity of your servanthood, meaning you're not truthful in your truly being a servant of Allah. Because as a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're supposed to be pleased and happy and 
status quo, whatever it is. So if we're thrown left and right when it comes to being given things, receiving things or not given things, then it means we're not there yet. This is a difficult stage to reach where everything becomes the same for a person. As long as they are, as long as they know they're pleasing Allah, that's what matters for them. So I think it's not more about whether something makes them happy or pleased, it's more about as long as Allah is pleased. And once that's the main focus, because it can't be an absentee, it can't be this kind of idea that I don't care if I get good or bad, I'm in a, like a stable state, but with what? what? What are you getting from that stable state? So the main purpose is that your love for Allah is there, and the connection with Allah is felt, and that as long as you're pleasing Allah, that's what you're satisfied about. Then these things should not matter. So it's not talking about these things not mattering in a vacuum, because what's the point of that? Then that means you're just careless, you don't care. People like that. People who don't care about anything, they've just given up with life, or they just don't care, they're just relaxed, or they just laid back. They don't care whether they get praised. There's lots of criminals, they don't care if they get, if they get deprived, they just, they just want to be losers in the world. So it's not about this being an absentee, this is about uh, you're so satisfied with your connection with Allah, then this does not matter because you feel you are pleasing Allah. So let's look at this. The, the important word here he says is that if, if, you, if, this is, if you do feel this way where you contract and expand when given, when deprived or given respectively, then it means that you should take this as evidence that you still have tufuliya. Now what is tufuliya? Tufuliya comes from this concept of tatafful, tatafful, tufayli. It's essentially, you can say, gate crashing somewhere. You're not really invited and you end up, you turn up there. And you try to fit into the group either to get some food from there, to eat, you know, in, in the invitation, at the restaurant, at the reception. Or you just want to be part of something because, I don't know, you know, there's some perks there or whatever you want to be. But you're not really of them. So you dress up as them or you just get in or you get, just slip in with somebody else. That's tufuliya. How did that come about? Generally in the Arabic uh, idiom, they refer to that as somebody who generally gets in, gate crashes a walima, like a dawat of some sort, just for the sake of eating. So somehow acts as he's part of the family or whatever and, and just goes in. Right? Where did this word come from? Tufuliya. It actually came from this because tuful, the, the, the root of that is tifl, which essentially means child. So now you can understand why Victor Dani is saying it's immaturity, it's still like a child. But what really happened was that there was a person in Kufa, right? There was a man in Kufa from the Banu Abdullah ibn Ghatafan. He's from that tribe. And he eventually became known as Tufaylul A'ras, gate crasher essentially to walimas, to weddings. Because he used to go to all of them without being invited there. And he used to just dress up or pretend that he's part of the tribe or group or whatever, and he used to go. So essentially, <laughs> that's where you get this idea for anybody who just kind of comes in uh, to any kind of group or invitation or food or uninvited. That's essentially where this word comes from, from this Banu Abdullah ibn Ghatafan, this man from that tribe. So what the author is saying here the, is that anybody who tries to now be 
part of a group and say that I'm a Sufi or I'm close to Allah, I'm a wali of Allah, you know, I'm a righteous man. But then he's going through these fluctuations. It's only good if there's good things coming in, if there's good things happening, if there's materialistic achievements. Otherwise, the person becomes dark. Otherwise, the person's life becomes miserable and dark when they're not being given. Right? So that's why... and. This is the life of a lot of people in social media. This is the life of people in social media. Even those who claim, I mean, th this is a challenge on social media, even for those who claim that they're doing something religious up there. Because if you don't get the likes, then you feel like, what's the point? And then especially when you start comparing yourself with somebody else who gets even more likes, or more hits, or more followers, then you're even in a bigger mess. But if somebody is on there, and they're trying to benefit people, and there's 10 people benefiting, alhamdulillah, and they're happy with that. 50 people, 100 people, they benefit. They not look at those who have a million or 500,000 or 100,000 or 50,000 or whatever. You know, They're just trying to do their best. Oh, person who reckons, this is what the author is saying, that the person who reckons that they are somewhere with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're only there when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is opening the doors of His treasures and His bounties upon you. Worldly bounties. So you're getting riches, you're getting money, you're getting wealth. You're getting praise, you're getting fame, you're getting likes, you're getting followers. Or you've got good health, you're enjoying good health, and you generally feel secure and everything else. And all of the other full desires that you get, you get invited out and all the rest, you know, to eat and other places. So you get really excited. But as soon as there's a setback, as soon as you didn't get something you expected, or it stopped coming, or you became sick, you became ill, or something happened. That's why a lot of people became miserable in the downturn, in, in the lockdown. A lot of people became miserable. They just didn't know what to do. They just didn't know what to do. Of course, it affects you and it changes your whole lifestyle. But those people who are connected to Allah just adjust faster than those people who are not connected. Because for them, it's all about the outside life. It's all about meeting someone. It's all about being somewhere. And when they could not do that, it was difficult. There was no adjustment. Adjustment was very, very difficult because whole life is of that style. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now changes your prosperity, your bank balance rather than going up is now going down. Your fame, you're actually losing people. There's criticism upon you. You're getting into controversy, right? And instead of, you know, your, your dignity and everything like that, uh, people are abandoning you. They're not coming to you. Right? They don't care about you anymore. Um, so your internal feeling of expansion is now contraction. And, or maybe you, you are very healthy, very fit, and now suddenly you've been overcome by some kind of debilitation, weakness. You can't do what you were doing. Right? Or initially you had no challenges and now you're full of challenges and you just don't know, you can't really, you know, you, even in challenges you have to remember it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides them. Right? So then what happens is that you become really, really terrorized by that. The world becomes a very, very dark place and you start thinking, And you start having all sorts of ideas about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now just understand that you were never there anyway. فَاسْتَدِلْ بِذَلِكَ عَلَى ثُبُوتِ تَطَفُّلِكَ عَلَى كَلَامِهِمْ You were just basically trying to act like a righteous person. You were not really a righteous person.
As I said, this is probably not going to be relevant to people who never, who never think they're anything anyway. Right? Because it's not that. You have no place of theirs. You're not on that maqam and that station yet. You're just like that person who, th- who used to get invited to walimas and eventually they figured out. So they told everybody who you are. So now you can't go into them. You're still in slumber. But the main thing about that is that it just goes to show, forget about the place now. The bigger problem here is not that you're not there. The bigger problem here, I think, that, that, is, really effect, that, that, that is really detrimental here is that you're not true in your seeking. You're not true in what you're trying to be. You're not true in the fact that you are a servant of Allah. You're not fully a servant of Allah yet. You still feel like you're a servant of other things. Because if you're a servant of Allah, then all of these things, as long as you've got that focus of Allah in your mind, then all of these things should be the same to you. Because you know that you're with Allah. So as I said, this is not about a person who doesn't care about that either, who's just a loser who doesn't care. That's why a poet says regarding his friends, about his truthfulness and his sincerity with his associates and his friends. He says, Ahibbaya antum ahsana dahru am asa fakunu ahibbaya antum ahsana dahru am asa fakunu kama shi'tum ana dharikal khillu. You are my beloved. You are my friends. Whether life does well for me or for us or does bad, meaning if there's uh, something that comes up in between us or not, you are si- I'm, I've sincerely offered you my friendship. I'm going to be your friend regardless, come thick or thin. So you be whatever you want, but I'm going to be truthful in my, in my relationship, in my friendship. Say that to your spouse, say that to your friends, say that to your brothers, your sisters, say that to people if you truly want to be a friend. That's the idea that, oh Allah, I'm with you regardless of what comes, regardless of what happens. Abu Uthman al-Hiri, uh, one of the famous ascetics of the past, radiyallahu anhu, he says, لا يكمل, لا يكمل الرجل حتى يستوي في قلبه أربعة أشياء. A, a human being cannot be accomplished in the sight of Allah, can't be accomplished, accomplished in, their, in, in their faith, in their standing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until four things become absolutely equal to them. It sounds very difficult. But if we don't know this concept, we can't even kind of adjust ourselves to try to even get to it. So he says, in being prevented from something, in being given something, makes no difference. How? I don't know. That's a difficult one. Well, izwadhul, and in dignity and respect, or in humiliation. There's lots of stories of humiliation. Subhanallah, look at the Palestinian people, how humiliated they are. The, pretty much the whole world has abandoned them in a sense, right? Especially governments and things like that. There's very few with them. But the dignity, they're, they're, they always have Allah on their lips, mashallah. They're always chanting, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. When that guy lost his fiancée, he said, she's become shaheed. That was really amazing to think of Allah at that moment that she's gone as a shaheed. Just imagine all of these ideas you had, <clears throat> all of these dreams you had, all of these ambitions you had, and this fiancé is now gone. What are, what are you going to remember right now? It's only if Allah is in your heart you'll be able to think, oh, but she's gone to a better place. 
So now, generally, when you've got a person who, when they're in the right state, meaning when the circumstances are correct, then they start acting up and they start acting like the boss. But when they get attacked by the brave ones, then they, then they suffer defeat. Then Then know that that person is really, really, in reality, very weak. He's just trying to get himself invited into the ranks of the true people, of the true men. Now, um, the author, he's got another book. I think it's his book called the Tanweer. He says in there that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes through his wisdom, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes tests the people who claim to be close to him. Right? Those who claim to others especially. Uh, because you can't claim to Allah I'm close to you. Because Allah knows and we know. But when you claim to other people, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests them sometimes to see. And he knows they're not truthful. So he does this to actually expose them. <clears throat> by revealing and making manifest the actual desire they actually have of the world. So it becomes very clear that these people are very worldly. They're given a position of a worldly position. You can tell now that they become indulgent in that. And what they hide of their desires. So then these people end up bowing down, flattering the, those that they think they can get some worldly benefit from. Worldly individuals. Um, people who they think are, they're going to get something out of this world for them. They start flattering those people. They start becoming conducive to them. And they start appearing at their doors and they leave what they were originally doing. That's when they lose all of their pretense because now they seem to have used this system that they were involved in and now they've almost like reached their prize. So they give up this system. They give up their so-called worship, the way they used to dress maybe, the way they used to worship and the claims they used to make because now they've really got their objective which was a position somewhere, um, the world, some gifts, uh, money, influence or whatever it is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals them. So at least people are not deceived by them. That's the main thing, that these people don't deceive others. However, the true ones, they will recognize these people. People will start seeing that these are ulaikal kathibuna ala Allah. These people were liars. They were just making claims before. These people thought that they were leading other in, people in the right direction. But they were actually preventing people from true companionship with the awliya of Allah. Essentially, these are people who are banging the drums of the war. <clears throat> A good parable. Banging the drums of war, putting on their armor, spreading out their flags to go to war. And as soon as the attack, as soon as they met the enemy, then they turned back and ran. They're just claims on their tongue. Their hearts were actually completely devoid of any kind of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 8 says, Can you believe this? That the truthful ones, Allah is going to ask them and question them about their truthfulness. So imagine that if we're not even truthful, we don't even claim to be truthful then there's clearly going to be a question there. 
so that truthfulness are questioned about their purity and sincerity, then those who are not truthful, they're going to be questioned as well. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you think he's going to leave people without being questioned? Because questioning is for everyone, the reckoning. Allah says in Surah At-Tawbah, verse 105, and say that you carry on, do the work, practice, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will surely see your deeds. And so will His Messenger, and the believers will see it as well. Believers are seen as a proof as well for this. Not just Allah and His Messenger, they're the, obviously they're a proof, but even believers are considered to be proof. Uh, we, we take them to be proof if, people, if many people consider somebody to be a nice person, we generally take their word for it. We still have a bit of caution, but we take their word for it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is all in the world, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then you will be returned to the knower of all the unseen and the seen, and then he's going to tell you what you used to do. May Allah allow us to stand properly on that day. So he says that don't be like those people who seem to outwardly act and dress and other things as righteous people, as truthful ones. But inside they're ignorant, inside they are negligent. <clears throat> Sheikh Abdullah Al-Ganguhi, he adds a bit to this. This is his conclusion of this aphorism. He says, O traveler, meaning O seeker, if your condition is such that you worship and remember Allah with concentration and relish, when He showers favors on you, but when these favors are withheld you become, and you become disappointed and despondent in worship, then know that in the divine court, you're not regarded as one of the people of Allah. You may let other people know that, but actually the, your name isn't recorded. You're telling everybody you got this big degree, but if you actually go and ask Oxford, you, you, you actually didn't do anything there. Right? Or wherever, for that matter. You're not the people of Allah, the Ahlullah. You are only claiming to be among the people of Allah, but your claim is false. If you are truly among the people of Allah, then this would not have been your condition. When things were withheld from you, you would have dealt with it. You would not have freaked out. Your attitude indicates that you are not true in your servanthood and worship. Your state indicates that the quest for pleasures of the ego still lurk in you. You are still inclined to the acquisition of your ego's goals and hopes. This attitude is a negation of the state of servanthood and indicates slavery to the ego. However, now he clarifies something which is very important for, to clarify, right? Because just because you feel a bit contract, contracted in your heart when something goes wrong doesn't mean that this is us, inshallah. I mean, I think I'm here. I am, this is my example anyway. But however, he says, if the heart's constriction is on account of fear of a trial imposed by Allah Mosai, you fear that Allah's putting you in a really bad test, and that trial is a manifestation of the wrath of Allah Most High. So now you want to please Him and you see this as a sign that Allah is displeased at you. Right? And, uh, and, and you want to try to please Allah again. See, the person I talked about earlier who feels that Allah has forsaken them, they start complaining about Allah. That's the difference between these people and that, those people. 
you start complaining of Allah, oh, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other, and then like, I'm not going to worship. Why? What's the point of worshiping? I've been asking for so long, nothing happens. Look what's happened to me. Where's my du'as gone? Is Allah really there or not? You know, and so on and so forth. These people, they actually start turning back to Allah. That if this is a wrath, then I must ask for forgiveness and protection. And the uncertainty of... Now, the, another thing they're worried about is they have an uncertainty of maintaining patience and steadfastness during the trial. Am I going to be able to hack this trial? See, Ayyub, the story about him is that he just relaxed all the way, even though it became worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then eventually, the only time he actually, he, was, he had rada bil qada, not even sabr, higher status. He was actually satisfied whatever Allah had given him, even though he lost everybody, he lost his physical you know, health and everything. But eventually when he realized that now, I may not be able to actually, you know, it's getting to a stage where I can't even do what I need to do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever. Like complete debilitation. That's when he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now these people are thinking in the same way that I don't know if I can deal with this. I don't know if I can deal with this. I don't know if I can go through it. Oh Allah, help me. Oh Allah, help me. Uncertainty of maintaining patience and steadfastness during the trial. Then such constriction will not indicate falsity of one's servanthood. Such constriction of the heart and fear are natural human reactions. They're, they're, that's fine. The attributes of humanity, bashariya, remain in the arif. Even when a person becomes close to Allah, they're still a human being. They don't become angels. They're still a human being. There's going to be human feelings that will overcome a person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <clears throat> allow us to become his true awliya. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to overcome our egos. Allah make it easy for us. Allah grant us afiyah. Allahumma antasalamu anka salamu tabaraka ya bilchalani alikra. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma ahdina wa ahdibina wa ja'alna hudata liman ihtada. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afu wa al-afiyah fi al-dini wa al-dunya wa al-akhirah. Ya Allah have your mercy upon us. Ya Allah have your mercy upon us. Oh Allah, there are so many things happening in the world. Oh Allah, we ask you for steadfastness. We ask you for afiyat. We ask you for security. We ask you for safety. We ask you for connection with you. We ask you for your love. Oh Allah, there are so many confusing things happening. There are so many detractions. There are so many distractions. Oh Allah, there are so many temptations. Oh Allah, there are so many issues. Oh Allah, the, the world we live in, you have brought us at a time in this world when there are so many distractions. Oh Allah, only you can grant us steadfastness. Only you can grant, grant us the tools to remain straight. Oh Allah, there is confusion out there. There, is, there are so many different issues out there. Oh Allah, we ask you for steadfastness. We ask you for uprightness. We ask you for piety. We ask you for righteousness. We ask you for your mercy. We ask you for forgiveness for the many, many mistakes and errors we have committed for the many sins that we have perpetrated. O oh Allah, for our shortcomings. O oh Allah, for our problems. O oh Allah, for our excesses. O oh Allah, what have we not done? O oh Allah, what have we not done? O oh Allah, we can only turn to you for your mercy. We can only turn to you for your mercy. O oh Allah, allow there to be righteousness and taqwa and God-fearingness in our lives and in our families' lives and in the lives of our progeny in our community. Oh Allah, we thank you for bringing us up in communities that have had scholars, that have had righteous people, that have had religious guides. 
Oh Allah, we ask that you continue this tradition, that you allow from our own children, our own progeny, those who will memorize the Quran, those who will learn the Quran, those who will teach the Quran, those who will practice the Quran, who will respect the Quran, who will glorify the Quran, who will promote the Quran, who will teach it to others, and O oh Allah, who will live by the Quran. Allow that to remain in our progeny. O oh Allah, what good will be with for all the other wealth that you may have given us, all the other respect you have given us. Oh Allah, what good is all of that? If, if we are not going to be able to stand on the day of judgment and love to meet you and you love to meet us. Oh Allah, make us of those who say the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbed, who are constantly in your remembrance, who do not forget you, you for too long at all. Oh Allah, who remember you many times, who have your consciousness many times a day. Oh Allah, allow us to fulfill our life and do our daily chores in accordance to with your pleasure in accordance with your pleasure oh allah bless all of those who are here who are listening oh allah those who will listen oh allah bless us all oh allah if you've given us the tawfiq to raise our hands to cover these topics to ask you like this then we hope that this is a good sign that you want to give us oh allah grant us and make us of your close ones Oh Allah, accept our dua. Oh Allah, accept our dua. Oh Allah, accept our duas. And oh Allah, bless all of our deceased ones and raise their status, especially the ulama who have recently departed this world. Allow there to be a replacement. Oh Allah, allow there to be a replacement. Do not deprive us with ignorance. Oh Allah, do not deprive us and challenge us with ignorance. Oh Allah, grant us awareness and grant us access to awareness and knowledge and sacred knowledge when we need it. O oh Allah, increase the ulama in, in our midst, among our midst, and all, increase those who are close to you so that we can benefit from their blessings as well. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleena wa Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, uh, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.